Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. All right. Everybody doing all right? I'm excited about today. I'm excited about this, this word and uh, just sharing, sharing it with you because it's, it's just... This is one of our vision messages, and I would like to just start with a couple of scriptures that have been really important to us in this last six months as we've been meditating on this word, and even getting ready for world mandate on generations to the nations. And uh, so we got this word from our couple guys on our board of advisors last uh, May, and we just were praying into Psalm 145 over the course of uh, months, and the Lord just kept illuminating things. And so... If you would stand for the reading of the word, I'm going to read Psalm 145, verse 4, and the end of the chapter, a couple verses in Ephesians about the generations. And I'm, something's not working, and it's because I don't have glasses. Just like, I was going to start reading that, and then it's a no-go. And that's better. Okay. One generation commends your works to another kind of flows both ways, I think, guys. They tell of your mighty acts. And then from over in Ephesians chapter three, the end of the chapter, the last two verses, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. And the church, this is the word of God, and we say, Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Have a seat. Well, we're finishing up this series that we started a few weeks ago. Just We always do a vision, a little something at the beginning of each semester, and it just kind of helps uh, get our hearts focused. You know, it's like uh, we were sharing the last couple weeks. It's, you know, when the kids are little, you take them and, and you lead them in. You say, hey, guys, do this, do this, do this. And it's like the Lord's doing that with us as we go into this year. Hey, guys, do this, do this, do this. And uh, so we started off a couple weeks ago and we talked about God's family identity that we've been brought into a family to, to be family. We've been adopted by the grace of God, by his loving, overflowing love from all eternity. His plan has been to bring us into his family. That's wow. just mind-blowing and beautiful. Then last week, <clears throat> yeah, so we're sons and daughters and aunts and uncles and we're, we're family together. Last week we talked about the words of the Lord, uh, words of the Lord for the year for 2024 for us as a as a church family. Eyes on Jesus, turn toward one another in love, wake up, watch and pray, and uh, that got me in a conversation on Monday, this past Monday, uh, with Micah. And it's just interesting because these words over the last number of years they're not like totally different. No, no, yank the wheel right. You know, you're going one way and then uh, and you take off another direction. But you, you see the swirl. It's like we're in this helix of growth, and you can see how the Lord's been leading us, you know, and continuing to lead us. But I, it did make me look back at some of the earlier vision messages in 2020, uh, the beginning of 2020. Uh, say that with reverence, you know, just, ah. Uh, but, uh, and I'm sure I was maybe the only pastor in, in America or maybe in the world um, uh, so uh, this vision uh, series, 
2020 vision. <laughs> Pretty creative, right? 2020 vision. And the things I got into there were Jesus is the light of the world, the life of the world, the Lord of the world, and love to the world. And uh, we got home last Sunday and Kim opened up a Bible and a bulletin from this Sunday in 2020, you know, literally that Lord of the world message uh, fell out of her Bible. A bulletin, you guys, is uh, it's like a paper thing that you hand out, used to, and all that stopped. I guess we kind of moved forward maybe uh, without the, those bulletins. We're saving some trees for sure. Um, being good stewards, I guess, that way. Uh, 2021, planted together. 2022, beholding Jesus, overflowing love, gentle, tender, and kind, and abide in Christ. Those were the words that, you know, just those are good words for us. Last year, if you remember, it was listen, surrender, and first love. Listen, surrender, and first love. And those, it just helps us through the year to just, where are we at, where are we at? It's like uh, uh, one comedian that we've listened to some uh, said, why do they put a why do they put the title on the top of every page of the book? You know, you, is it like you forget what you're reading? Like, oh, what am I reading? Oh, yeah, it's that one. Uh, what am I, well, what am I, oh, there it is again. And so it's like we need, I don't know if that works as an illustration, didn't use that in first service. But, uh, but uh, it's like we need help. And the Lord's calling us this year to keep our eyes on Jesus. Eyes on Jesus, turn toward one another in love. I imagine there's probably gonna be some opportunities as we go through the elections and all that kind of stuff. Hey, we're, we're family. Uh-huh. We keep turning to each other in love. Yes. Don't just, we, we, they probably have some kind of understanding in their mind. They're not idiots, right? They, they have something in their mind that we need to maybe hear and turn toward each other and listen to each other yeah. and be family together. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then the last word is wake up, watch and pray. And, um, you know, on, on this one, I want to just say, uh, somebody had a word for me just in the first service in worship, and I forgot to mention this in the earlier message, but, uh, it was just, the word was brewing. And he said, I, I think, you know, just, and it was an encouragement. Why do we drink coffee? And some of you guys are like, we don't, that's terrible. I don't drink coffee. Why do we drink tea? You know, but part of it is the flavor, and part of it is it just gives us a little perk. You know, we wake up, and um, and I just thought he said, I think there's something about this this word about multi generational family on mission that the Lord wants us to wake up. He's going to percolate in us. It's gonna. It's like he's brewing this word in us, but he wants us to wake up to it. And so here's the, the this week it's the multi generational family on mission, and this is the movement word for the Antioch movement. We were seeking the Lord and uh, really felt great clarity about this. And, you know, it's interesting that uh, this, this word is so much who, I mean, we're trying to do this all the time. This is who we want to be. And I, like uh, one of the pastors from Houston uh, said, you know, multi-generational family, that's like kind of like just be Antioch. You know, that's be who we are. And, and yet there's tension they're multi-generational family on mission, but if we can live in that tension place, kind of like the Moravians. I use this illustration about the Moravians, the intersection of Christ and the church and the mission. And if you can live there in that center, you'll, you'll, you'll change the world just with 
Jesus as your treasure and living life out with brothers and sisters on the mission of God. The people of God on the mission of God for the glory of God will, will change the world. And so this, this multi-generational word, it, it's got some tension in it and because there's challenges there. Being a family, we've talked about this the last few weeks, there's challenges in being family and, and us embracing that word as a people because We've got brokenness in our past. We've got dysfunction. Maybe we didn't have a great family situation growing up. And yet the Lord is still calling us to more. It's not like, oh, because it was bad growing up, then we can't be a part of this higher calling. And it really is a higher calling. What did, what did Jesus say? Who are my, my mother and my brothers and my sisters? It's who does the will of God. It's like, oh, it's like my family. But then there's even more for us in God together. You know, and it's, there's more in, for me and Kim in God together. Yes, we're married. We're family, but we're also family with our brothers and sisters. So there's challenges in that area, but the Lord's calling us to more. There's challenges in the mission area, but the Lord's calling us to more. Mission is like, why is that hard? It's because I want to do what I want to do. Right? I, I want to do the stuff I want to do. And then Jesus is going, come on. Come on, follow me. We're on a mission together and check this out. Like the mission of God is not derivative. It's not secondary to the nature of God. It's like, this is who God is. As the father sent me, I'm sending you. It's like there was an eternal missional plan in God flowing out of his eternal love that existed before creation to adopt us into the family of God. So it's really important. It's not... Uh, Mission isn't just for the, the graduate school people, the, the really serious people. We're all, by virtue of the fact that we're in the family of God, we're on the mission of God. So it's like that important, you know? And so, yes, there's challenge. There's got to take my cross and follow the Lord. I've got to walk in the way of Jesus and, and I want to live and grow. And, but I'm changing. I'm growing up. I'm not going to stay a little boy. I'm going to grow up into manhood. And that's the call for, uh, not all of us, half of us, a bunch of us, grow up into maturity, right? Manhood, womanhood. Um, so another challenge, though, is this multi-generational piece. There is challenge. There's challenge just kind of built into that because our default is to think my generation is kind of pretty much right, right? I mean, I, I've literally, you guys have heard this too. We've, we'll, we'll even cite our, our generation as the source of authority for making an argument and something. Well, in my generation, da, 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 as if that's the authoritative answer to something. Well, that's the way we do it. And it's been going on for a long time. People try to put me down talking about my generation. It's a 60s rock song, and so that's not going to connect with everybody. Roger Daltrey stuttering. People try to put us down. Talking about my generation. So family can only exist. I'm, I'm moving on. There's a meaningful moment there for some of you guys. But, uh, but family can only exist as multi-generational, right? There's, there's got to be... Moms and dads and aunts and uncles and, 
and sons and daughters, and that's the way a family exists. And so we want to lean into this. I, it's not all gonna come from me, what it's gonna look like. The Lord, I feel like we're standing at a door that leads to an undiscovered continent just waiting to be explored in this word. And it's gonna be exciting. I, I'm really excited about this year. You know, and there's, and there's so much for us to get here in the West because we're so individualized, nuclear family, that kind of stuff. In other parts of the world, you have one, two, three generations living together and understanding this with more clarity. You know, and if you go to the blue zone parts of the world, you might even have four generations. I'm like pointing to Kim because she's always citing, you know, 105-year-old great-great-great-grandma living with her, you know, four or five generations. And, uh, and it doesn't mean being multi-generational. It doesn't mean we tell each other what to do, but it does mean that we listen to each other. We, we, we listen to each other. It'd be, you know, like if, 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 if uh, Lloyd and Julia, sorry, um, only told Micah what to do and he never got to give feedback, that, that'd be weird, right? And so we don't live that way. There's a mutuality in family that's really beautiful, you know, that we, where we listen and we hear and hear what's going on in people's hearts and in our kids. My son is 29 years old, you know, and, uh, you know, there's something weird that happens like when you're in high school and then like you're 16 and like four years later, your parents, they're, they just get smarter, like a lot, a lot smarter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You get out, you're in college or whatever, and just like, wow, dad, dad did know some stuff. <laughs> After all, you know, he did know some stuff. And uh, so Matthew still, I mean, he'll call me just to tell me what's going on, a big decision he's trying to make or whatever, and we'll just talk. And it's not even just me, okay, you need to do this, and you need to do this. It's just listening, being a sounding board, him running it through, what's it gonna mean for the future, stuff like that. So here's what we're talking about today. Main thing in one soundbite here, is that Jesus is calling us to be a healthy, life-giving church that is a multi-generational family on mission together. We're locked arms, we're moving together, walking in a coordinated way. So that's what the Lord is calling us to. At one level, this is the basics, you know, and maturity is doing the basics with consistency. So it's it's, it's the basics, and we do this at the beginning of each semester, it seems like. And uh, uh, the other day, James and I were laughing. He, he said, so is this going to be like an eat your vegetables message? <laughs> yes, it, but it's like really, really good vegetables that are good for us, like seasoned just right, sauteed with butter. Uh, maybe not too much butter, but... Uh, but, but baked and just the really good, savory, wonderful, uh, that kind of thing. And it matters. This learning to live life in community together as family matters because we get hurt, we make bad choices, we pull back, we isolate, we believe lies. Can I get a tiny, tiny little witness out there? And we need the help and we need the hope, we need the healing that comes as we keep our eyes on Jesus, as we turn toward one another in love, as we help each other wake up and watch and pray 
We need this word to be a multi-generational family on mission together. Lord, help us. Lord, hold on to us. Never let us go from the basics. So this is, uh, we call this 135. You can see it in the next steps area every single Sunday. So I'm covering some of these core, core things for us. Who we are, what we're trying to do, and how we're trying to do it. Does that make sense? So first of all, number one, vision. Who we are. So it's kind of vision values and the way we do church here. But uh, I'll do this quick. So this is who we are. The vision is who we are. And uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and put that up. We are a people with a passion. This is the way the movement says it. Uh, Antioch, the big, the big uh, multi-connected churches and stuff. We're a people with a passion for Jesus and his purposes in the earth. And I'm not gonna go through all of the in-depth on the scriptures, but that's the great commandment, Mark 12. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. The great commission in Matthew 28. Go make disciples, baptize them, teach them, name the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm with you always to the end of the age. And then we have our own vision expression because we're a congregation here. We're not just all cookie cutters. We have our own kind of vision statement that fits within that here at Antioch, and that is that we exist to be a, to share and multiply the life of Christ in the church through new disciples and new life groups and new congregations to the glory of God and the joy of all peoples. We're a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing church, right? So that's, that's who we are. That's who we've been that's who we're continuing to be. That's our vision. And we've been caught up, you guys, in the story of God. We've been caught up in the story of his, his love for us, his rescue of us, his life in us, his reconciliation, his redemption. It's, it's a beautiful story. And as we get caught up in that swirl, we want to be a part of that with people that are also helping us to go deeper in that, but also wanting to reach our city and reach our region, and reach our nation, reach the nations of the earth. We are disciples who are being transformed into the image of Christ. That's who we are. That's what God's called us to do. We have been rocked, and we want to give it away. Rocked by God's life, God's heart, God's care, God's love, and we want to share that life with our city with one another, with our city, the region, the nation, the nations, okay? So that's vision stuff. That's who we are. And uh, yeah, I could keep going, but we're gonna go on to the next one. So number two, which is actually the number three, because this is confusing. I just mean the second thing I'm talking about is three, which is our lifestyle. That's what we do. And so this is values. Like everybody's got values. It's the way you order your time, spend your money. Everybody's got them. You can change them. Praise the Lord. The change process, awareness, biblical conviction, lifestyle change, like scheduling things differently, accountability, helping each other do that. It, it helps. And then just saying, hey, we're, we're not going to keep making excuses about it. I, I can live into something and I'm not stuck just because I had a hard thing happen to me when I was growing up or the situation or whatever. We, we can move forward in God. Okay, so values. Love God. Just the core values. Love God. Love one another. Love those who don't yet know Jesus. Those are, those are our core values. And the way we express that is encounter, disciple, mission. And so we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're disciples who encounter God, make disciples, and live 
on mission. That's just Acts 1.8. We'll be witnesses starting here to the ends of the earth. Again, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, 18, 19, 20, is to make disciples and to uh, teach and train and baptize. And the Lord is with us. He's, the Lord is with us right now. He's with us here, now. Thank you, Jesus. And we want the values that we have in our lives to flow from us receiving that love for ourselves. So, like, receiving God's love is a first-order calling. You know, it's like, it's not just go do stuff. It's like, you need the love of God in order to live out a life of sharing his love. We burn out, we fry, we get worn out if we're not in a place of receiving the ongoing flow of God's love, of having a river of living water flowing, the fullness of God's power and Holy Spirit flowing through us. And we need, that's how we do this. We live out of this place of love and receiving love so that we can share it. So then moving on to number three, which is number the number five, uh, the five uh, circles of a healthy church. And this is just the way we frame this in the Antioch world, but it's just, the, once you see this, you'll go, oh, okay, I get this. I see why this is so important, you know? And each one of these are really important to us. Go ahead and flash that up. So these are the five circles. D you know, it starts with a devotional life. I encourage you guys all the time, the most important pastoral advice I can give you is to spend time every morning with Jesus. Spend time. And, and you'll just, it looks different in different seasons, but when we're going through hard stuff, getting up and saying, Jesus, I seek your face. I wanna know you. Like when we're going through hard stuff, man, that's where we're gonna get the help that we need. And along with brothers and sisters, if I'm in a ditch or I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, you know, then getting up to spend time with Jesus keeps me on a short uh, at least is the wrong thing because we're free in love, but just it keeps, it keeps my getting off track with the Lord in a short way so that I'm quick to repent. I'm there with the Lord. I blew it. Lord, here I am, though I need you. And, and I need you when I'm hurting. I need you when I'm anxious. I, I, need, I, I need your word to me for this day. You know, and then out of that secret history, roots going down deep in the Lord, that, that life with God that nobody knows about, then when we go out, then people can look at us and go, they've been with Jesus. That, that sister's been with Jesus. That brother's been with Jesus. Acts 4.13, you know. So then the next circle of importance of time with God, personal devotional life, and how much that affects everything. I mean, I, I read a quote yesterday in uh, John Mark Comer's new book. I think it's that book. Um, it's a cool quote. It, no, yeah, I think it was Comer. Um, but uh, Henry Nowen was meeting with Mother Teresa. Whoa. Wouldn't you like to just been there like, wow, just two spiritual giants, you know? And uh, he asked Mother Teresa for advice and just how to just walk with the Lord and stuff like that. And she said, spend one hour a day adoring Jesus, adoring God, and then don't do things that you know are wrong. Release the buckets. <laughs> Go, do it. Amen. 
So the next one there then is life on life discipleship. That's where we're getting together with a brother, you know, or a couple brothers, some guys getting together with guys, girls getting together with girls. And we do this as subsets of our life groups. We do this uh, in intentional ways where we just ramp up a semester, you know, with guys or with girls. And it's just reproducing discipleship is what, it's, the, it's at the heart of who we are, you know, and we want to just keep encouraging that. And it doesn't look just one way only. There's lots of different ways that we help each other grow, mature, reproduce as disciples. But that's what we're called to do, to be, that's a, that's a key circle for us in the Antioch uh, lifestyle, okay? The next one is house to house. This is the Acts 2, 42 to 47 stuff. They met together. They were devoted to the scriptures and prayer and the apostles' teaching and the breaking bread, all of that, house to house. That's how we started 31 plus years ago, was just we're meeting in a house. That house multiplied and multiplied again and again. We're raising up disciples, you know, all through that process. You know, through the New Testament, you hear a lot about and the, greet the church that meets in your house. Greet the brothers and sisters there that meet in that house. Uh, I remember Yancey years ago, I can't remember the scholar, uh, he was, but he was pointing out that Rome in the second century, I think, had like 75 house churches. Whoever the scholar was, was noting this. And he, he was saying it to me, he's sitting right here on the second row. He's saying, well, you know, Jamie, the church in Rome had 75 house churches uh, in the second century. And I was like, no, that's cool, man. Wow. You know, that helps me understand more of what was actually going on and what the church actually looked like. So it's, it's not just, it's a, it's a non-negotiable that we would be meeting house to house. That we, you know, we're not gonna trade that for something else. It's a key part of who we are as the church. It's a key part of the church in the New Testament, how that gets worked out and walked out. The fourth circle then is the church gathered. So that's like, what we're doing now, but not exclusively like what we're doing now, but it is this. This is like the temple courts. They, they met together daily, the temple courts and from house to house. And this is all the life. Why is there life here on Sundays? It's because people actually know each other, are living life out in relationships, house to house, in discipleship, spending time with God, come together. Woo, yes, this is, this is great. You know, it's not just we're bored spectators checking out what's going on and you know, throwing up judge cards after the, after the sermon. Six, five, you know. He tripped and fell, 2.3, you know. Uh, that would be, like, literally. Uh, and that, actually, if I did do that, you guys would probably lurch forward in compassion. Give me a couple extra points. Lord, bless him. Poor guy, I can't walk across the stage. Uh, so, the, But the church gathered is like lots of things that we do that come together, right? So we had 80 guys together over there. Uh, Jim was like, I didn't know four or five people were going to come to this thing. Um, you don't talk just like that. <laughs> I didn't know four or five people were going to come, you know, and I can't believe this many guys wanted to come and learn about being emotionally healthy men. But man, it was, it was really good. Um, Chuck brought the barbecue, man, that was, that was good too. And, uh, he was, he was in first service. Should have thanked him. Um, but, uh, 
But like those kinds of, like in a couple weeks, we've got this sexuality and gender thing happening on a Sunday for three hours. We got world mandate. Then another Sunday that we're doing that sexuality and gender thing for three hours. Like we come together to help each other, to equip each other, to, to get what we need for making it for the long haul. And we need fellowship. We need the brothers and sisters. We need to gather together to spur one another on for love and good deeds. You know, we, we need each other in that way. So that's the fourth circle there. Um, and then, of course, the witness part is, that's, that's a key part of who we are. We're a, you know, we're a multi-ethnic, multi-generational, multi-social, whatever, uh, class. You know, we've got all different kinds of people. We're a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting, Father's love, receiving, Holy Spirit-empowered church. And so that means we are gonna be witnesses to our city. No, we gather, but we also go. Witnesses to our city, Acts 1-8. You're gonna be my witnesses. And then hit that next slide. You're also gonna be my ambassadors. That's what the Second Corinthians passage there is about. But we go out. We don't just stay here. We gather, we encourage each other, we stir one another up, and then we go. We're on a mission together. That's why we moved here, was to be missionaries to our city, to Fort Worth, and um, all of these different areas. These aren't, aren't all the areas, but th- these different spheres, we head out into school, education, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in healthcare. We've got a lot of healthcare-related uh, folks in the church, uh, in areas of justice, like unbound, government, arts and media. It was good to hear Anthony's testimony earlier about starting a media company to help missions. Isn't that great? You know, and in sports, just and again, it's just all of these different things make up together the uh, the f- the five circles that we are called to, and we and we want to just be holistic about that and not leave one of those circles out. That makes sense, you know. Even in persecuted countries right now, when the, the, the house to house, it's underground, but when the church can gather, they want to gather. Yeah. That makes sense, and it may not look like this but they come together in different kinds of groups. Uh, we had uh, our, a couple of our old life groups together on Sunday night, uh, excuse me, Friday night, just a couple nights ago, uh, to eat food. And we, we ate, it was a potluck. So release the potlucks. <laughs> release the potlucks in the name of Jesus. Like it's good because you're hosting and everybody's bringing in food and we ate it on paper plates and with plastics, or no, we use silverware, but um, paper plates. And then you just, everybody leaves and you throw the stuff away and it's like, woo! Or, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so that makes sense? It's illustrating this. Okay, five circles of church. You want the holistic piece there that's on mission and moving forward and growing in the grace of God. So that's a bit of who we are, what we're doing, and how we're trying to do it. And it's into that context that the Lord is speaking this word, multi-generational family on mission. So we're a multi-generational family. We want to remember this word, multi-generational family on mission. We're already trying to respond to that word. That's what world mandate's going to be about. That focus, literally, is what world mandate's going to stir up even more. Generations to the nations, generations involved with reaching the nations. And it doesn't mean that everybody leaves here. That would be weird, but it does mean that we're a people that are praying and giving and going. 
short-term, long-term, all of those kinds of things. So world mandate and in the preaching. Uh, next week, we're starting a series on Colossians, but we're tying it into this family theme, sharing life together. Colossians, sharing life. And then Easter, and then Lord willing, uh, Philemon is coming after that. That's like resurrection family. Like things are different now because we're a resurrection family together. The way we treat other people, being brothers and sisters with everyone who's in Christ. And so we treat one another with love in the body of Christ. It's gonna be great. And then uh, the Lord willing, uh, in the summer series, we do a summer series where lots of different people preach in the summer, and I'm, I'm envisioning like finding family and people standing up, and it's just kind of a, you know, kind of a pitch, and people are able to just jack, you know, just, just crunch it, just talking about how did you discover life in the family of God together, and what was that like to be on mission together, and telling, telling our stories, and, you know, veins in the, you know, just passionate so what I'm just getting excited about that. And so, um, yeah, it's, it stirs me up thinking about it. And I th there is an invitation for us, you guys, this year for all of us to walk deeper into this. And I, I can stand up, I can try to communicate it, but sometimes what we need is a story. And so we've got our latest hot off the press video of the Antioch-Fort Worth story. So take a couple minutes and then I'll come back up and wrap this up, but check it out. Pretty cool. And, uh, you know, like, the, the, there's an invitation here. And if, if you caught it, watching the video, it took generations being together all along the way. Like, so there was this guy who was 29 years old, you know, and it took generations around us. It took some people who believed in us. And it takes, still today, younger people who are getting believed in and, and all these different generations. There's an invitation. Think about it like this. Like part of the invitation is if we roll the clock forward 30 years, what's that video gonna look like with us and with our kids and with our kid, people that haven't even been born yet? They're gonna be a part of what God's doing in his plan, his eternal purpose in and through the church. It's beautiful. And I wanna just kind of make a call here too as we're, just heading into some ministry in response, is just, if you're in the 30 to 40 range of age, just wanna call, we did this several months ago, but just wanna call you up. It's time for spiritual dads and moms to, 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 to rise up. And I encourage you in that. And if you're older, you know, if you're in the older crowd, just don't, don't back off, don't, don't quit, and don't lay back, we're not doing retirement, I mean, you may do that in your work, but we're, we're staying engaged with the purpose of God in and through the church, right? And so, and if you're younger, you know, I would just wanna keep calling you guys like, come on, let's grow up, you know, let's mature together and, and grow up so that we're not, we don't go down the road and we're just an old boy or an old girl, but we've actually growing up, you know, into maturity and growing, that's the goal is to be, Conform to the image of Christ and to be mature, to grow up. So, uh, man, what an invitation, right? And to be this multi-generational family on mission. Oh, Lord, let it happen this year. In the name of Jesus, amen. Y'all stand up. I get the worship team to come up. We're just gonna take a few minutes here. Ministry team, come on up if you're on, on, in that group.
and we're just gonna pray for each other. We, we do this at the end of each service, but you know, here's the thing. If, if, you've, if you're going through something right now, it's not even related to this message, you still can get prayer. You know, if you're hurting, you need healing. Uh, one of the marks of the early church was that people got prayer and they got healed. Healing is a, is a huge mark of just being the church like we read about in the Bible. We wanna see that happen. And if there's a yes in your heart about something, then man, come and pray into it. Also, if there's a challenge, we talked about this last few weeks, but a challenge about church or healing that's needed somehow, please get prayer about that. Don't leave without getting uh, help on that. And, and if you need to take a step forward on this be becoming a spiritual parent or growing up into maturity, just you wanna get prayer on that stuff, then come and get prayer. Father, just meet us right here. I know this is some of the most powerful uh, moments just when we pray for each other at the end of the, our time together. And so, yeah, Lord, meet us. Meet the need of hearts right now. Bring breakthrough where breakthrough is needed so we don't keep looping on the same stuff. Bring the breakthrough and help us to be this multi-generational family on mission together in the name of Jesus, amen. Whatever your need is, guys, come. Let's pray. Press in.